in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call, 513-575-9654. Perhaps you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, perhaps even an NUA analysis. Here's the point. If you're no longer with the company, then as a rule, your money should not be there either. So we can help you take control, whether that be rolling it out into a tax-neutral IRA or splitting it via the NUA. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinanceadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinanceadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we have some locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, today we're going to discuss six things to teach your children and grandchildren about investing and retirement planning. And uh, the old the old cliche, if only you knew then what you do know now, what would today be like? How different might it be? Well, we know we can't go back in time, but we can always uh, seize the moment and take control of where we are, reproject things forward and make a better future out of it with all the things that we have learned. We still own the things that we know from what we've learned. So life experiences either be beneficial to you or, as they say, um, those who, you know, who don't know history are bound to repeat it. So if that's the case, I hope your history is pretty good. So your future is too. But, you know, as we go forward with this week's show and um, take a slight turn from the normal messaging that we have in regards to retirement and proper planning for that, this time, though, to talk to your children and grandchildren through you and uh, help you along with that. I know in raising children that uh, as they grow, uh, it seems like they listen to other people before they'll listen to you. Even if you said the exact same thing that someone else said, then they seem to follow the other advice, which it's good that it's still the correct advice, right? Well, same here. Maybe we can be a sounding board. You know, specifically, if we look together at these six tips that you could share with children and grandchildren, potentially help them save for their own retirement someday, because it will, it will appear on the horizon uh, as the years fly by, doesn't it? It just suddenly you get closer and like if you're you're 50 or so and you're starting to get to that empty nester phase and you're finding that you have a better uh, income than you've had in most of your career and you have more positive cash flow if you're careful not to spend it on goofy things as you have the cash flow from less child rearing to invest in yourself and your future self and do that final lap before you go into the victory mode of having arrived at retirement. You know, it's just, there's always, there are things to learn and a few things you can still learn yourself. Is it really possible to teach uh, an old middle-aged dog new tricks? Careful there, right? Yes, of course it is. It's never too late to learn something that could help you invest for your retirement years and certainly uh, never too early to start sharing those ideas along with others. So today we're going to look at six tips to teach your children and grandchildren about investing and retirement planning. Well, if you want to think about philosophically what's old versus middle-aged, you know, think about average life expectancy. So if you're going to live to an average of 80 and you're beyond the age of 40, well, are you technically old at that point or is it simply middle age? I guess, what does that make us, Greg? Um, 
Uh, I'm not sure if we can be mathematically middle-aged anymore. I would still like to claim that crown, but anyways, here's the thought-provoking questions to tie into today's show. So for starters, why is there at least seemingly a lack of education provided to the younger generations when it comes to financial literacy? In what ways has retirement changed over the past one to two to three decades? What could be the best way to manage your risk as you progress through your working career, as you go from that accumulation phase into ultimately the preservation and distribution phases? And that during the accumulation phase, should all of your investment dollars be allocated to the equities market, to stocks, or other aggressive investment types of options? At what phase of life is it appropriate to adjust your investment philosophy? And at what point, if ever, should you start to reduce risk in your portfolio? Should you prioritize those employer-sponsored plans like the 401ks, the 403bs, or should you privatize your investments? That means your IRAs, your, your Roth IRAs, and even for some, even those non-qualified, what we think of as just a regular old brokerage account. How much should you be saving annually? Or, on a systematic basis, how much should you be saving and investing in order to hopefully have enough to retire, right? What type of annual return would be considered reasonable? And, you know, depending upon what you're investing in is what your market risk is all about. What would reasonable look like? Why is there a reduced national savings rate on today's younger generation of workers? It's like saying, why aren't people saving enough for retirement? Greg, any thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking the the first one, when you're talking about a uh, lack of education, younger generations on financial literacy. I remember the first lesson my dad gave me about that one, which was money doesn't grow on trees. No, it doesn't. But, uh, but paper comes from trees. If you try to create your own, you could be in trouble. You could be in trouble. But there is um, there's a proliferation of financial information that does seem to find its way to the schools and the church house. And it's just annoying that it's monetized, and I'll be careful, but, you know, James, you probably remember, it's probably been uh, 12, 13 years ago, we had a show called um, yeah. Financial Chameleons. And Char charlatans? Charlatans? Yeah, charlatans. It was charlatans, and we called out a few. Little do we know that... Um, Don't name names. One That's such chameleon, I mean, charlatan joined the uh, the network and was on the, or the radio proliferating that message. And I can just tell you, it's offensive to see financial literature that should be public domain and provided through tax-exempt organizations on a, on a free basis to help society be monetized instead and turned into a kingdom. So anyway, um, I just remember that. And yet that's exactly what needs to get into the schools. And um, there needs to be a foundation of just financial literacy where the materials and information can get in a curriculum form into the schools and the churches without it being turtle doves at the temple, you know? But, yep, that just kind of sparred an old memory, and uh, glad you remember it. But, like you said, we'll, we'll keep the guilty nameless on this. Um, other than that, I just, just knowing the things that you're to do versus doing them, there's always that slight disconnection between, um, even biblically, what was it? Apostle Paul said, that which I wish will to do, I do not, and that I do, I will not. And um, that just continues even in this area, whether it's exercise and diet, financial uh, discipline. It's discipline, connecting the dots. Do you know you should be contributing to a Roth each year if you don't have too much income and aren't means tested out? Well, certainly you do. Do you do, you do that? 
Do you max out your 401k and take all the matching dollars that are available, the free money? You've heard over and over again to do that. Are you doing that? Even if it hurts a little, are you doing it to the max? You know, we could go on, but I'm getting too close to the bone, I know. Because we all have these areas where we're lacking just enough discipline to turn the corner for our own good. And in this case, everyone's reference here. The generation of our own, the children and grandchildren that we're speaking to and through, um, all have a date with destiny. Your future waits for you. What are you doing today to prepare for your future? Because eventually your future will become today. So just a few, I guess, more philosophical thoughts. Well, mentioning the Roth and and you saw something about contributing to the Roth IRA. Well, how about this? Even with all the recent legislative changes, the back door to the Roth is still open. Now, that doesn't mean for everyone, this is what you should do or what you could do. It just means that for many people out there, the opportunity is available to, instead of directly contributing to a Roth IRA, to indirectly contribute via the backdoor method. And, you know, there's more to that than what we're going to get into in today's show. Just simply know that if that's something that you're interested in, give us a call here at the office, 513-575-9654. We can certainly give you much more detailed information about how something like that could be done. Very true. And if you're trying to line yourself up for tax-friendly or tax-free retirement, there are a number of methods along the same line that um, are just common approaches, but yet oftentimes uncommon methods yield a great bounty. And uh, you just need to know some of these things will be right for you, some won't, but um, knowledge is power and uh, knowledge of truth is wisdom somewhere in there. Uh, let's see, you know, as we go through different strategies each week, you know, we, we usually focus on the nearing retirement. You're already in retirement, you want to stay successfully retired, uh, invest your way there. Always remind you that as a firm, we're holistic. We help with the taxes, tax preparation, advisory, or should do insurance and all types of that for life insurance, life planning, um, tax-free retirement, utilizing life insurance tools, annuities, you know, safe money, which half your money willing to lose. Well, if you're not willing to lose some part of your money, maybe fully insure it. You insure your body, your home, your car. Why not your nest egg? Active investment styles with many different strategies that are highly effective in different types of markets that do have risk, different levels of risk in exchange for different levels of reward over time, all to come in to be part of an overall balanced plan so that you can succeed on purpose. So in today's show with these six tips to, you know, pass on to children and grandchildren, you'll just want to just follow along carefully. Some of them you'll know, some of them will flesh out and make more specific, but we'll jump into those six tips here shortly. And our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Worth. And we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number, 
888-9654, website brownfinancialadvisors.com, email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Greg? Okay, six things to teach your children and grandchildren about investing in retirement planning. You know, several of these boil down to tips and strategies. It's just a good reminder. They're applicable to people of all ages as um, really the underlying message in these tips could most certainly reflect even on your situation as you listen to us today, wherever you are in this uh, in this process. James, let's get into the first one. Well, tip number one is invest in equities. That's to say the stock market. And sometimes the message can seem kind of simple. That means don't bury the lead. Textbooks, manuals, they all agree, professionals too, that the younger you are, the more risk that you should be taking in general, at least, to help you reach your goals. That means your future goals, your future retirement goals. So a general understanding of, of the equities market and also bonds can lead you to understand that in the, in the realm of risk, equities are more aggressive and they carry more quote-unquote market risk than bonds. So the first tip for those who've recently maybe finished college or finished high school even is as you're starting those working careers, you should be saving and subsequently investing some or even a lot of those monies into the equities market, the stock market. That means taking market risk. So if you think about the cliche reasons of what applies, yes, most of them do apply. That means you have a longer time horizon. You're younger, you have more years that you know, until you reach those retirement, those golden years, right? Or maybe just the silver years. And that means in general, you can afford to take more risk. That does mean that you should have all of your money at all risk at all times. I mean, that seems kind of, uh, I don't know, obvious, but you know, when you have more time to recoup losses, that's also kind of the, the point is that there will be times when the market will be gaining and also there'll be times when the market is losing. And if you're still in that accumulation phase, you're still earning money, you're still contributing to the market, to the to your investment accounts, you have more time to recover from those. And something else that's also on your side as far as time is the effects of compounding interest over time. So think about even if you have just a steady rate of interest around 3 to 5% over 20, 30, 40 years, the incredible snowball effect that that could have on those accounts. So again, the more time you have to invest, the more time the money has to grow. Greg? Yeah, that triggered that uh, that old emotion again. A financial chameleon, ditto boys that will tell you they'll just abscess over debt and focus heavily on debt. That's just part of the equation. It's just an object. It's a, it's a game board piece. You use it for you or it's used against you. Um, it can be used for you. And James was outlining that if you have a lower cost of money over time and you can you can uh, deploy your money at a higher rate of return over long periods of time. The difference is a total gain to you. Your money has been working in two places effectively for you the entire time. Time, time, time. That's the thing you can't replace. So when people literally listen to too much of the same old imbalanced messaging and get stuck, say, uh, again, obsessed over debt and debt reduction, you're missing a higher truth. And um, that's, you even use the word snowball. It's, you know, you can snowball into debt reduction or you can snowball money the other way around to grow it in multiple ways and use it to your benefit in multiple ways over long periods of time. But um, I'll say this about the debt or the issues when it comes to investing versus having debt. So first things first, it's never a bad thing to be debt free, yeah. but at the cost of what? So it's really more than anything else, a cost of money issue. It's, it's at the heart of, of everything. 
Sure is. And if you have a fixed and known cost, it's fixed. It's constant. It's not a variable. It's going to be laid out there and be there for whatever term until it's resolved. It does have an endpoint. It does get resolved. And then your cash flow jumps even higher. Meanwhile, the thing you can't replace is time. So if you're putting money in your future also, and you get time value of money and compounding, um, you're, you're working for your future in leveraging time. If you just wait till you're out of debt, yeah, you might be able to have more money to, to throw into the bucket. Uh, but you've lost all the time on the money you could have, would have, and perhaps should have done a little bit of both. But James said, it's a cost of money. It's an analysis. We shouldn't be closed-minded to anything. We should be open to all things and get best information to make great decisions. So yeah, I had a thought on that one. Um, let's see. How about when it comes to, to stocks, don't be stock shy. When you have more time, particularly the S&P 500 is often considered a benchmark, the way to measure annual market returns over time, the capital markets, mostly U.S. domestic. And the average stock market returns between 9 and 10%. Um, it, could be, it can be lower, it can be higher, right? That's why it's an average and it's, it's a range. And that's taking full-on market risk, don't forget. So if you were out there in the stock market and you said, we just agreed it, it earned on an average 9% over time, and you took half the market risk, do you think you should expect 9%? Or should you expect about half of that because you only took the risk of half of that? Now, our goal with active management is you can take a lesser risk and get um, attained through, you know, owning some of the better stuff, good stuff, and best stuff, and letting go of the less good and the bad stuff systematically, repeatedly, month after month, refiltering, resorting, rebalancing, uh, re-dollar weighting to get a better than average rate of return, net of any cost, um, for your, your allocation, your risk. So in other words, you may very well be do better than 50% of market returns through active management. You just may do that and still enjoy the benefits of less than, you know, or half the market risk. But, um, you know, even as you kind of like navigate through the headlines of market turmoil and the volatility that's no doubt out there, it can be alarming, especially if you're retired, have money in the market, leave you feeling uneasy. Your children and grandchildren, well, they have the power and the time horizon to overcome it. But, I would challenge you to think that you may very well also have more time horizon. Unless you know specifically as you're listening to this show that you had a call from the doctor. You have a you have a date destined, you kind of know what that is and you have an illness or whatever the case. First of all, sorry for that. But second is that no, unless you don't, then you have the rest of your forever. And if you're in a household in a relationship with a significant other or spouse and the two of you statistically aren't going to leave this planet at the same time, you need to be planning on the one who lives the longest, the second to die. And on that basis, most people listening right now have more than 10 years, more, 10 years or more. So there's a time horizon. We used to think that you could aggressively invest if you had 10 years to, to do so. Well, you probably are sitting out there 65, 70, and you likely have 10 plus years to do so. So it's really phase of life, how you feel about markets, how your anxiety level is. There's no sense staying up all night worrying about things, having stomach acid. We can adjust everything and get a balanced plan together, but just saying you shouldn't necessarily um, invest all conservatively like you, you've died just because you retired. There's some truth in the middle of all that. So it's still important to have an emergency fund out there, of course, something that's uh, liquid. It can still be invested. We have solutions like stable value funds that have a reasonable yield, net of any cost. That's on the lower side, but very stable. So that if you need your money, you can call it back up for active duty. Otherwise, um, let it get some R&R, right? You know, let it be working for you and not just doing nothing just because you've been told by whoever, whoever knows what you've been told by who, but that you just leave this cash somewhere. That's ridiculous. 
I mean, you think about it, it's just there's no sense in it whatsoever. You'll lose to inflation. There's safer places to keep it liquid and available too, but without it taking, like, your, don't let your money retire on you. You want to retire on your money, right? So taking this tip a step further, reversing it on, um, on you know, things to know. It can sometimes be easy to think that because you're older, remember this, it's a repeat, you can't afford to invest in stocks and therefore you should be allocating much of your dollars uh, elsewhere. No, it's really what is the appropriate place for your money based on the job description, based on the needs, aligned with your goals, aligned with your risk, and and considering all things, a balanced plan is is the way to go. And it can include the market. It can include the market at any age, actually. So depends on your situation. Again, your goals. Uh, most of our clients can afford to allocate some portion of the retirement savings in long commitments to the stock market as a strategy for long-term growth. And frankly, most of you will need some growth like that. Um, to make it through this journey in life. Because if, you, if you're too middle of the road to conservative and you're barely meeting the uh, impact of inflation, well, what about you? Little are you trying to take some of your money to enjoy it per cash flow too? Well, that's just too much weight on the investment that's not going and growing enough. So sometimes, you know, you just need to think about moderate, a little bit moderate plus, lean towards growth. You don't have to be all in, in over your head, in a pool you can't swim in. Um, too aggressively. There's just, there are places to be. And we can show you that. Um, we'll do that complimentary, put together a plan, assess your investments, make some recommendations, won't hold anything back. Let you decide with good information if you see a fit. And if you don't, well, you, you will have learned a lot. We would have had the benefit of getting to know each other a little too. So the key to all this is making sure uh, you do these things efficiently and uh, that you have all the important, most important items of retirement covered and that you've targeted and we have supplied for you the regular income and withdrawal strategies that will help cash flow you through retirement because retirement is mostly about cash flow. Amen to that. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the top station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm Jake Borth, and we are an independent registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. And it really does all start with the plan. That means having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 43B, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, a Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, and for some, perhaps even in-service rollover, all those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com, email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and our home office is in Milford, but we've got some locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. Okay. You know, we were just uh, kind of continuing through this equity portion, buying stocks, holding stocks directly by varying degrees, depending on purpose, um, you know, if it's dividend focus for cash flow, if it's a combination of dividend and growth, so you can have both over time, some cash flow and the uh, growing of the base of your money to push back against your withdrawals, which will be a weight, downward weight, downward pressure on your money so that your money can last as long as you do, right? You want to, you want your money to outlive you. So when we look at alternative ways to hold equities, sometimes uh, depending on account value and size, you can't own enough variety and number shares of the stock to be properly diversified so you can access the use of funds. So 
Um, when it comes to using some funds, James, take us into tip number two. Tip number two, buy ETFs instead of mutual funds. ETFs, of course, exchange-traded funds. And think about this. There's over 8,000 actively managed mutual funds out there, billions of dollars allocated to these investment products. But keep in mind, mutual funds are chock full of fees. So the biggest reason why we advocate for the ETFs over the mutual funds is very simply lower cost. Lower cost to you should equal higher returns, right? Because much of what makes an ETF is also what makes a mutual fund. You have a whole basket of stuff inside of that one host fund. So the point is, don't have redundancies of those funds inside of those other funds. That's what we typically see with mutual funds is that if you look at the top holdings of a mutual fund, typically the top 10 are other funds. That's like killing layers of the onion to get to the true cost of what your investment is. Yeah, each one of those funds having its own cost, but only the host funds cost being disclosed so you can be misled on total cost. It's all about total cost of ownership and investments, not just the fee and not just the cost of a host fund. It's the total cost of all of it inside and out. And it also should mean that there's a little bit less risk when it comes to just the company risk, because if you own just one individual stock, might be a great company, might be a great stock, but what are the odds that that one company has something that goes wrong, maybe even terribly wrong with that particular price of that stock? Yeah, 10,000 shares of Enron. Yeah. <laughs> WorldCom is another, right? Yeah. So if your children, your grandchildren want to invest in stocks, it's likely a little bit risky for them to do it in a bundled way, so to speak. That means an ETF. And again, ETF over a mutual fund is what we're recommending there. So these funds, when you say the ETF, what is the fund? It could be a collection of stocks, could be bonds, could be commodities, or some type of combination of, of all the above, all into a single fund. Depends upon what the sector is, what the mandate is, or the focus is of that particular fund. It could be mirroring an index like the S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ. It could be sectors such as technology, healthcare, financial, energy, et cetera, et cetera. So rather than having to choose which individual stocks to buy and how much, you can easily and broadly diversify your portfolio by using ETS. And again, they are very similar to what mutual funds do and provide, except that they're bought and sold and based on the price throughout the day, while mutual funds are based on their price at the day's end. Greg, any thoughts? Yeah, if uh, you've seen and heard people watching a mutual fund drop in a, in a horrible market, and it's like they cannot even catch the falling dagger. You have to wait and take the hit end of day on value. That benefit of ETFs trading like stocks, intraday trading, capturing uh, market value at a, in, in, in a millisecond uh, based on trading volume. There's just, and they can be surgically precise in their content. So if you were Bob Ross and you were painting by numbers, which gosh, that's probably highly insulting to Bob Ross fans. He, he didn't paint by numbers. But we, we do proudly paint by numbers. Uh, methodically, systematically, we have ingredients to a recipe. Some of the ingredients are choosing ETFs or they're choosing specific stocks. We want to be very, very specific on the color that we choose from our palette to put onto our portrait on our canvas to make the picture. Now, we do it by numbers because we want precision in what we're putting together and what we're managing, reallocating, reweighting. So we can reduce, you know, risk over time and increase returns at all costs. That's that's the goal over, you know, two, three, five, seven, ten year periods and the rest of your year forever. You can have a win in capital markets. Don't be so afraid of capital markets where 
we look at is all, all things flow from capital markets, right? You have people uh, known as or entities, companies, building products and services and trying to provide the best price, the best quality, the best product. And then you have people like us, consumers, going out there trying to make a good decision to buy and spend our money, hardworking money, on the things we'd like to have. And that continues. That will continue until the very end as we know it. Armageddon, Apocalypse Now, you know, whatever you're going to look at it is. Uh, until that happens, this is the way things work. So if you're out there and always feel like you need a guaranteed sure money thing, sure sure return, sure term, be cautious. Back up a minute. Take a take a 60,000 foot view instead of 30 and assess why would an organization of any kind or entity provide a guarantee of a rate of return over time if they themselves didn't believe they could get a higher rate of return over the same period. Well, they wouldn't. See, they just wouldn't. So you might be in a position where you can fire the middleman, go for the higher rate of return. All you have to do, though, see, you have to accept the volatility, the risk. That's what they're doing. They're taking an iron to the wrinkles of risk and volatility and smoothing it out for you. And what's that cost? What's that ironing process cost? It costs you the net returns between their guarantee and what the market really provide over time. So some people are cutting it too close to retirement. They can't wiggle one way or the other and miss by much. They can't afford to miss by much or even miss by a little. So they have to lean towards certainty and guarantees. Other people, it's their, it's their stomach that keeps them up. It's not their brain. Their brain and the math and, um, and the, the probabilities and the statistics are on the side of leveraging capital markets over long periods of time equals a win. That was just kind of random as we're just still speaking on equities, uh, whether it's stocks, ETS, or so forth. James, any thoughts on that? No, I think you covered quite a bit there. Well, when we look at assessing where you're at, we have something called the PAR process. Uh, that's a portfolio analysis review. And um, it's a call to action for you right now to know that if you'll come in, we'll look at all your current investments, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, uh, real estate, uh, annuities, CDs, whatever it is, and we will x-ray those things. And we'll look at the internal cost spreads, fees, margins, loads. We'll be able to see it. And if you have a variable annuity, run on down here. We need to see you stat, you know, because variable annuities have internal costs that will blow your mind. I mean, it just, we've not seen one yet that didn't have internal costs that would just literally make your jaw drop and say, I'm paying that. Why am I paying that? And then paying it over what period of time, like the rest of your life? Oh my goodness. Three to 5% in annual fees on average. Um, that's like splitting your retirement with the entity that's holding your money and you use the other half and you leave nothing for your family, your beneficiaries and charities you care about. You know, it's just, so we want to do the PAR process, a portfolio review. It's complimentary. We'll look at everything. We'll share the recommendations with you. We won't hold anything back as mentioned earlier. So what about these things, these things brokers sell? Well, they like their mutual funds. I was created by Wall Street for Wall Street. Yeah, that's how they can afford those uh, those nice football stadiums, the name on it, all that stuff. We kind of kind of ridicule that, but it's serious stuff. I mean, it's real. Um, we also want to look at uh, over the period of time that you're saving money that you can improve in, uh, performance by active management. And um, we want to keep you from the types of mutual funds that have the ABC loads, which is a load. It's just, it's another weight, it's another cost, sometimes in and above fee. And then you have those inefficiencies. James mentioned that these mutual funds will own a lot of the same things over and over and over again. You'll just be surprised. You should come in and have the portfolio review process, even if that's all you're going to do. And just, we'll reserve judgment, assume value, but I'm telling you, you'll enjoy it. We have an already good time doing it for you. You invest a little time, we invest time and resources, provide this information, and it is compelling, and you should know it. Um, 
don't just buy company stock, right? Easy lesson to make sure that your grandchildren and children avoid solely investing in the company stock, the company they work for inside their 401k plan. It can get way too heavy, way too much exposure. And if that company has some turbulence or some headwinds, a good amount of their wealth as they've built it through their loyal service at the company will become um, despaired. It will become reduced. And there's no guarantees that stocks recover. You know, the old saying is, um, let's see, what is it? Losers may become winners, but uh, and winners always eventually become losers. So it's just really a matter of time before you take a hit if you're not looking out the front windshield, eyes wide open. So let's see. Having your 401k allocated to just uh, some other investment holdings. Okay, that's that's the same as saying don't overly hold or commit to the company stock itself. Some companies require you have a certain percentage of that stock of the company at all times your 401k. I mean, P&G here locally uh, does, I believe the, the requirement's 40% P&G, and then you can do whatever you want with the 60% remainder of your, your employer deferred account. James, any thoughts? Well, it's time for a break, but we want to kind of cover a little bit about the NUA opportunities for people that do invest in company stocks when we get back from the commercial break. Our phone number at Delphi is 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned and listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors show on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Worth, and we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinetsadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinetsadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, right? Well, we're just discussing uh, ongoingly about stock equities. We talked about stock, purely holding stock directly. And then uh, bonds, too, are out there, you know, to stabilize things. ETFs, that include equities, mutual funds. Not a fan of variable annuities, not a fan of. Um, then you look at, well, what about highly valued or highly appreciable or highly just bottom line stock that you have from the company in your 401k plan or deferred plan through the employer that has grown a bunch in value over the years while you've held it. And then you approach retirement and you're faced with rolling it over to an IRA or what and why. Well, the what and why might be considered NUA. And James, explain some of that. NUA is net unrealized appreciation. It's an opportunity to split the growth or the appreciation in that company stock so that you pay ordinary tax rates on the, the cost basis and you pay capital gains tax rates on the appreciation. Now, why that could matter and matter dramatically is for some, depending on what tax bracket you're in, will be how this income is taxed. So ordinary income, just very simply, is taxed at whatever your rate happens to be. So if you're in the 12% bracket, the 22% federal bracket, the 24, 28, 32% brackets, that's how your ordinary income gets taxed. Capital gains, on the other hand, this is the appreciation that could be taxed anywhere from zero to 15 or maybe even at the most 20%. So if you're in a higher bracket, like the anywhere between 22 to say in the mid 30s for the tax brackets, and you only have to pay taxes at the 15 to 20% rate on that appreciation, that is a wonderful opportunity for many people out there. 
It doesn't mean that that's automatically what you should do because it very much is a tax discussion to be had with a qualified tax advisor, also a qualified financial advisor. And guess what? We do all of that here at Brown Financial Advisors. So measure twice and cut once when it comes to making this type of decision because there is that one-time chance, and if you miss it, well, you've missed it. Yes, and it does cost real money to pay those taxes. Even if you get a good deal and it makes mathematical sense to do so, your situation may dictate otherwise, that you're retiring early, you don't have a lot of other resources to pay the taxes that you've triggered by doing this uh, transition through NUA. Even though you may save a percentage, you still have to come up with real dollars to pay the tax bill. And those real dollars may come out of the same buckets of money if and, the, and that can reduce the amount of money you have to you know to live on and invest on and have cash flow from over time. So it is a tax analysis, investment analysis. It is a financial planning. Um, it, it's all in one. It it takes. Well, that's why we're here. Is kind of like the Mayo Clinic of Financial Services. All the disciplines, all the departments working together for the the greater good of of you. So James, number four. Number four. Contribute or save regularly. Another word for that will be systematically. Here's another way of phrasing it, is pay yourself first. The point here is that teach your children and your grandchildren to actually save their money. Periodic, regular, systematic contributions to the 401ks, the 403bs, the, you know, those employer-sponsored plans, and then ultimately privately investing in IRAs, whether it be traditional or Roth, or if you're self-employed, the SEP version of IRAs. So today's savings rates and 401k participation rates have actually been climbing. That's a good thing, right? So remember, keep teaching your children and your grandchildren to keep putting that money away. That means systematically contributing to those plans at work, at the very least up to the company match, if not beyond the company match. Tax discussion to be had on that one, by the way. Monthly contributions, regardless of the market, that means avoiding market timing is one method. It's another way of saying dollar cost averaging over time. Participating in those employer-sponsored plans is also a practice of not giving away free money that your employer really is willing to give you via the match. So remember, if the company is matching your contributions, that should be the minimum amount that you're contributing. And this is a tip for you, is on the flip side, if you're retired or close to retirement, you should be worrying about developing a plan or at least maybe a, a system to quote-unquote de-accumulate. De-accumulate means actually spending your money. That means having an income plan as part of your overall retirement plan. Greg? Uh, that visual and that statistic. Statistic. Oh, there's some word. I missed my cue. Statistic. Yeah, there we go. It, it reminds you of mountain climbing in a way. Accumulation, you're, you're scaling the mountain. There's certain risks on the way up, right? But did you know statistically most deaths of uh, mountain climbers happens on the way down? So your accumulation phase is you're scaling mountain. Your accumulation phase is you're coming back down off that mountain. You're spending your money to provide the cash flow. There are a lot of risks as you deaccumulate. One is that you um, you just run out of money before you run out of life, right? So there there's just a lot more on the deaccumulation side, managing budgets, managing cash flow, managing investments for positive for appropriate cash flow managing the risk related to investments uh, so you don't take undue risk and have hits and losses that are out of step with where you need to be. It just goes on and on. So transitioning to tip five, and we mentioned this earlier, so we kind of mentioned Roth, but establish a Roth IRA uh, for them, if not for you. How about all the above? You already have yours? Great. What about them? 
Um, they need to have some earned income to meet the criteria. Let's say that they can put in 6,500 per year and um, they need to have earned income of 6,500 to be able to max that. But where they get the source of the actual savings could be they just find it in their lunchbox, right? They can find it in their, their, or their, their briefcase, depending on their age. You can contribute. Parents and grandparents can contribute. Uh, you know, parents can contribute to their children. Children can uh, to their their children's children, which is the grandchildren. Everyone get involved in this. But let's look at um, with in doing this, the requirement you must have the earned income. Okay, made that point. Benefits. Think taxes. Roth IRAs like paying the taxes on the seeds versus the harvest. It's actually a very good possibility taxes can increase over time. Right? Perhaps dramatically as the years pass. In a Roth IRA, the contributions that go in. They've already been taxed. So rather than stashing more and more cash away at the bank, have them work on uh, funding and maxing out their Roth IRA contributions each year for 2023. 20, As an example, the limits are 6500 for under 50 and then $7,500 per year for 50 and above. So all growth in the Roth IRA is tax-free for the remainder of the life of the account, subject to some age and five-year seasoning rules, which is the amount of time that has to be in there before you could like claw it back, take it out. There's some rules there. You need to make sure to treat it like a long-term time capsule investment. Um, James, some thoughts there? And then Yes, it is qualified as a retirement account. That's how the government thinks of these things. So here's the acceptance of the rule. You want to be careful with this little nugget of knowledge. Is Roth IRA contributions can be accessed at any time, at any age, without any taxes or any penalties. So that could be... Good news and bad news, if you arm them with this information, they might say, wow, I can take my money out without paying taxes or penalties at any age. I think I'll do that. So that's why I say knowledge can be a little bit dangerous in this side, because if they know this and they do this, then they kind of kneecap the Roth to begin with. And that's not maybe necessarily a good thing. So for you, you may already have a Roth IRA, but if not, that's why you want to come see someone such as us about the opportunity to maybe develop Roth conversion strategies to convert your traditional dollars into a Roth. Now, remember, that's more of a tax discussion than it is an investment decision. You can have the exact same underlying portfolio invested inside of a Roth IRA as you could a traditional IRA. The one potential exception to that would be if you have an annuity. Typically with annuities, it's an all or nothing type of a proposition. Like if you have an annuity that's a inside of a traditional IRA, you want to convert to a Roth, well, you have to convert the whole annuity contract to the Roth. So that's more of an issue with the insurance company of how they make the rules for uh, annuity contracts. And remember this also about Roth IRAs and, and things that you are responsible for tracking on your tax return. So when it comes to conversions, when it comes to your contributions to those Roth accounts, you must track your cost basis and reconcile this properly on your tax return. And if you're not quite sure how to do that, consult with a qualified tax advisor before making these types of decisions or even doing your own taxes. Oh, that just means call James here. That could be what it means. Yep. Number six, educate yourself on how money works for not just yourself, but your grandchildren. Best tip you can give to them is learn how money works. Have them spend time and educate themselves about investing, savings, um, Roth, Roth IRAs, and the like. Just kind of Begin, broaden their horizon of understanding of these these money concepts. That pays to understand what you're working with. And if you're going to rely on a portfolio someday uh, for supporting your lifestyle, you need to develop it. It needs to be a byproduct of a plan, well thought out, years in, ahead of time, 
incremental where a little bit here and there never hurts much, but it helps a lot. So don't kid yourself. You could probably always use a little more education yourself, right? Us too. Always willing to learn. It takes us places that that uh, naivety and ignorance just never will. So, James? Yeah, one more thought. When it comes to Roth conversions, don't be in such a hurry to pay someone else's taxes. Your retirement comes first, so make sure that you do have sufficient cash flow to pay for and to fund your retirement throughout your retirement and hopefully beyond your retirement. There's more. There's much more. I'll find about the office 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But on behalf of Greg, myself, James, thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you. <laughs>